This podcast is brought to you by Erickson Immigration Group. Welcome to Immigration Nerds. This week's episode is about the rapidly evolving visa saga between tennis star Novak Djokovic in Australia in advance of the Australian Open. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, January 12th, and since then, the decision has been made to cancel Djokovic's visa for a second time for entering the country without obtaining a valid COVID-19 vaccine exemption. Djokovic will be detained before his case to stay in Australia is heard by the Higher Federal Court of Australia. But how we got here is perhaps even more interesting and complex. In our conversation, we walk through the visa timeline up until this very point, focusing deeper into the intersection of where immigration meets geopolitics and culture, and talk through what people who plan to travel to Australia in the near future should consider. EIG's Luke Bianco will be taking over for this episode. So without further ado, your host. Welcome to the Immigration Nerds Podcast. My name is Luke Bianco. I serve as the lead researcher. I'm very excited today to join Martin Russell, who is a senior manager Australia with EIG. So welcome, Martin. Thanks, Luke. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So today we have the the very fun and timely conversation regarding Serbian tennis star Novak Djokovic and his current trials to attempt to enter and then stay in Australia with regards to his uh, COVID vaccination status and some some issues on the immigration front. So we're going to have a a nice conversation about kind of what's going on with this piece of news that I think most people are at least vaguely familiar with and analyze it from an immigration perspective as best as possible. Yeah, I I think it's also important just to, to add there, Luke, before we start, that this is still very much breaking news, certainly here in Australia, and, and I imagine globally, decisions are still pending. Um, we understand at the time of recording of this, so it's nine o'clock in the morning on Thursday the 13th, that a decision will be made today on Novak Djokovic's status and stay in Australia. So I think it's important just to frame any conversation with that. Absolutely, yes. We do do not have all the answers. No one has all the answers at this point, but we're going to do our best for our listeners to, to break this down in their own way and uh, make sure everyone, you know, understanding this, this situation, which is evolving, as you mentioned, as best as possible. Uh, so just to get started. So this is really kind of a, a perfect storm for an immigration story. Uh, we, we have a world famous athlete, arguably the, the most prolific male tennis player in the world and Novak Djokovic. Uh, we have a immigration hardliner in Prime Minister, minister Scott Morrison, who was previously the immigration minister for, for Australia and has a long track record of hardline policies with regards to, to immigration in the country. Uh, we have accusations of laws being applied differently for elites than everyone else, which is always a, a very touchy subject for, for most cultures. Uh, and finally, a cross-continental diplomatic row between uh, Serbia, the home country of Novak Djokovic, and Australia. Uh, so Martin, can you help us break down an overview for what should people know about this situation and what has ultimately happened that led to these diplomatic disputes? Yeah, so I, I think it's important to, to give a, an in-depth look at the, the timeline as exactly what has happened in this, for want of a better term, saga. Because I, I think if we if we go through the, the key and pertinent dates, it'll give us a better understanding of what's been said by whom and, and why. So we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into the dates. It may be a little bit boring for some, but I think it's important just to give us a good overview. So I, we, we need to go back to before Christmas. And on December the 16th, 
um, Novak Djokovic tested positive in Serbia to COVID-19. That is per an affidavit which has been submitted to the Australian Federal Court. The following day on the 17th of December, Djokovic attended a charity event in Belgrade per a statement which he submitted to the federal court yesterday, 12th of January, but he said he got the result of the PCR test post the event. A rapid antigen test that he did before the event was negative. So he attended the charity event on the basis of his RAT, which he deemed to be negative. The following day, so now we're at the 18th of December, Djokovic broke Serbian isolation rules for a photo shoot with French magazine L'Equipe. Now we know that he broke the, the isolation rules because he's confirmed that he received the, the positive results of the PCR test following the, um, the, the charity event the previous day. Rolling on to the 22nd of December, Djokovic had negative PCR test. And we know that on the 24th and the 25th of December, Djokovic was actually in Belgrade. On the 30th of December, Tennis Australia advised Djokovic that he had been granted a temporary medical exemption on the grounds of his previous infection. And this had been granted by a panel of medical experts in Australia and reviewed by the state government of Victoria. Now, the state government of Victoria is important in this because Victoria is the state in which the Australian Open is actually contested. So on the 1st of January, Djokovic completed, or rather his management completed, the, the, the required the compulsory travel declaration. On that travel declaration, he stated that he'd not travelled from Spain in the 14 days prior to his expected departure. Now, he was expected to depart from Spain on the 4th of January, and on the travel declaration, which is a legally binding document, he said he hadn't been outside of Spain in the previous 14 days, which we know he had. On the 4th of January, Djokovic posted on Instagram that he was, quote, traveling down under um, with a medical exemption. This really caused quite a, a storm in Australia. A simple Instagram post caused a lot of angst, I think, in Australia. As you mentioned, Luke, uh, Australia has been very, very harsh in its treatment of and strict in its treatment of, of the COVID-19 virus. Um, and going one step further than that, I think Melbourne, which is the, the capital of the state of Victoria, is either the most locked down city in the world or very close to. In the past 24 months, we've had seven significant lockdowns. And there is compulsory, not compulsory, but there's certain, certain roles that you can't do unless you are fully vaccinated. So there was a lot of angst in Australia, you know, people saying, why, why is Djokovic allowed to come to Australia when Australian citizens aren't even allowed to come to, come to Australia unless they've got that fully vaccinated status. So um, understandably, there was a lot of, of, of frustration, uh, certainly from, from the Australian public on that. On the 5th, Djokovic landed in Melbourne at half past 11 at night. He was detained overnight and early in the morning on the 6th of January, he was advised of the intention to cancel his visa. On the 7th, he was moved to a quarantine hotel, which is a hotel in Melbourne, which is, is, is not the most luxurious hotels, one would say, uh, and it houses a lot of uh, refugee asylum seekers, um, and, and other people that have done foul, not necessarily done foul, but people that have done foul of the immigration laws in Australia. 
Immediately following the intention to cancel notice, Djokovic's lawyers lodged uh, an appeal with the Australian courts, on, which resulted on the 10th of January, the court overturning his cancellation as it was deemed to be unreasonable. On conclusion of the hearing, the, the representatives of the, of the government, the Department of Home Affairs, alerted the fact that there was the potential use of personal powers of the minister regardless of the court case and the court overturning the cancellation to, to cancel that visa using their personal powers. Um, the reason why the, the court overturned the, the cancellation, it wasn't because Djokovic, how should I say this, had done anything wrong in terms of the vaccination or the exemption status. The, the overturn was actually done on the basis of procedural fairness. Um, Taking one step back, Luke, when he was detained overnight, he was told that he had until 8.30 in the morning to provide evidence or supporting documentation as to why his visa shouldn't be cancelled. What became of this is that the decision was made at 7.40 to cancel his visa. So although the department had said he'd had until 8.30, he was cancelled at 7.40. So the reason why it was overturned is because the judge believed it was just not, not a just decision because the procedural fairness hadn't been adhered to. On the 11th uh, of December, so we're getting, you know, in the last couple of days now, it, it became apparent that the, the travel declaration had not been completed accurately, which is something that we touched on earlier, but that hadn't become apparent until the day before yesterday. And yesterday, uh, Djokovic apologized for the mistake on this form and breaching those quarantine, those isolation requirements in Serbia. And as I said before, we, we are expecting a decision today from the, from the minister, Alexander Hawke, as to whether or not they're going to use their personal powers to, to in fact move forward with that cancellation. So, so that takes us to, to where we are now, Luke. Um, there's still a lot up in the air and how it's going to pan out over the rest of the day. Um, your guess is as good as mine, I would say. Well, thank you for that for that overview. And I think the timeline is really important to note here because again, it comes down to as little as 50 minutes in some cases where you know, some of this may have, may have been avoided all entirely. So if you wouldn't mind, so whether or not you are a famous tennis player, what are the COVID restrictions in place in Australia and in specifically in the state of Victoria that should have been followed or, or were followed allegedly broken in this case? Yeah, look, generally speaking, Luke, there's a number of visas, and we're just talking about temporary entry visas here. We're not talking about citizens, permanent residents. We're just talking about the type of visa that applies to, to, to Novak. So he, the visa that he had is, is what's called a 403 visa, which is, you know, it's, it's an international relations visa, but one of the, the streams of that is for, for sportsmen to come to Australia, sports people to come to Australia, rather, and, and undertake specific sporting events. Now, that visa, um, you, you can travel to Australia on that visa. So take it back one step. Until very recently, Australians' borders were closed and, and no one or very, very few people, unless they had exemptions, could not, and not health exemptions, but exemptions generally, could come to Australia. Um, a, a month or so ago, the government changed its stance and said, look, there, there's certain visas that we will allow you to come to Australia without a travel exemption, but you need to be fully vaccinated or be unable to be fully vaccinated for specific medical reasons in order to come. Now, the, the medical exemptions are very, very narrow and they're very, very precise. There's no exemption 
So I'll say what the exemptions are. So if you've had a reaction to a previous dose of a, a vaccine, um, if you are significantly immunocompromised or you have a natural immunity, the natural immunity though is limited to certain viruses and they're hep B, mumps, measles, rubella and chickenpox. COVID-19 isn't one of those. So you can't use the argument that you've got a natural immunity to COVID-19 as a medical exemption. As I say, it's, it's very, very limited as to those medical exemptions. So, and it, and it goes back to the fact that, you know, Djokovic on the 30th of, of December was given a medical exemption on the basis of his previous infection, which had been granted by a panel of medical experts, reviewed by the state of Victoria, and passed on to him by form of a letter by Tennis Australia. That, as far as I can see, should not have gone through. He shouldn't have been given a medical exemption on the basis of his previous exemption, because that isn't an exemption to getting vaccinated in Australia. So it seems like the, there are some accusations here where the rules may have been bent to allow maybe the world's best male tennis player to, to come to Australia to compete in the open. Uh, whereas based on the letter of the law, as, as you're outlining here, mm. uh, he should not have been granted said exemption. That's correct. Um, obviously, I've not seen the, the letter that Tennis Australia passed on to, to Djokovic. So it's difficult for, to, to provide any you know, comment on that. But what, you, what you're saying is correct. And, it, and it's interesting. And I can't think for the life of me of the, the, the person's name, but there was a, a female tennis player who was in a very, very similar situation to, to, to Djokovic. And she was actually removed from Australia, I think, either yesterday or the day before. So whether it's a case of the higher up the rankings you are, the more pull and the more the, the more bending of the rules you can do is, is, is quite interesting. But yeah, there was one tennis player who was removed from Australia a couple of days ago. Yeah, so in that same vein, uh, you know, certainly the, this case has made international headlines in part because of the, the name Novak Djokovic's. Uh, one that many people are familiar with, whether or not you follow closely uh, tennis all, all that closely. Yeah, um, and it will be really interesting to see if, in fact, he he is permitted to remain and does take part in the in the tournament, the, the sort of reaction he will get from the, the Australian public. Um, Australia has quite a large Serbian community, um, and there's quite, been quite, uh, unfortunately, quite a lot of... Um, violent reaction uh, within the Serbian community to what, what's been happening in the last few days. So I think there'll be a very close eye placed on the security around the event, uh, because I can foresee there could be trouble between Australian Serbians and, and other Australians. Absolutely. And we've seen protests in, in Serbia as well, including Novak's parents participating yeah. In, in those protests. But beyond the, the headlines, which are very eye-catching, you know, famous tennis star uh, to mm. be deported from Australia, potentially, uh, mm. do you anticipate this having any concrete impact on Australia or the state of Victoria's current immigration policies regarding COVID? Or is this kind of a one-off example where there are a number of very specific nuances that mm. probably aren't applicable in most other cases, and, and this will kind of blow to the wayside eventually? I, I, yeah, I, I think the latter is correct. I, I think um, there'll have to be a lot of, of examination as to, to what's gone on to get us to this position, specifically with the, the advice he was given prior to his departure, that he was, you know, he was okay to travel. Um, I, I don't necessarily think there'll be any changes to, to the immigration laws, regulations, 
because of this, it will mean that the departments and the assessing officers and the, the representatives of the minister are a little bit more careful and a little bit more cognizant of what they do when they do it, especially when you're dealing with a high profile individual. Had this been Joe Bloggs coming from Spain, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have made an issue that there wouldn't he would have been removed and there would be no no issue whatsoever. The reason why this has got to where it is is because the decision was appealed and the, the appeal was agreed to and the decision was overturned. It, it, it's difficult and I, I don't think it's been helped by some of the, the murmurings coming from the Djokovic camp, you know, using the word torture, using the word hostage. You know, we, we've got people in Australia who are genuine asylum seekers who, you know, would find that sort of language quite ab abhorrent. Um, and coming from Djokovic's parents who, you know, who, and Djokovic is one of the most wealthy people or wealthy sportsmen in the world, to, to use that sort of inflammatory language, I don't think has done him any favours either. Yeah, and in, in that same vein, you mentioned asylum seekers in Australia as well. This has posed, in my understanding, a fairly tricky political situation for Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who, uh, as mentioned, was previously the immigration minister. Under his command, I believe there was a, an Operation Sovereign Borders policy, mm -hmm. which rejected asylum seekers from Australia entirely before um, even entering the country. So my understanding is that it, it has created a bit of political backlash towards the prime minister in this case, where he was so hardline towards asylum yeah. seekers in this case, but his government is perhaps making exemptions for, for Djokovic to participate in the sporting event. Yeah, you're, you're right again. Um, I know that the, the prime minister has, per, has had personal communication with the, the Serbian prime minister. Um, and from, from my understanding, that conversation was went along the lines of that, you know, Australia isn't going to bend any rules just because of, of who this person is and the rules are the rules. And if you breach the rules by whatever method or by whatever means, then, you, excuse me, you'll be treated exactly the same as anybody else. So there is quite a bit of posturing. There is a bit of, of, a, bit of a standoff at the moment between the prime ministers of Australia and Serbia. Um, certainly, Scott Morrison won't want to lose face on this, I can, I can tell you that. Uh, and especially with our borders being closed for, for pretty much two years. And as I said, Australian citizens not being able to return to their, their loved ones, you know, family members not being able to see their, their loved ones pass away through COVID, not even be able to travel between states in Australia. I, I, I think this is one that the Australian federal government will want to, will really want to stamp. stamp. Absolutely understandable. Uh, you mentioned that that conversation between the Prime Minister of Australia and, and Serbia's leadership. You know, it's it's not unusual that immigration intersects with these these types of geopolitical backlashes. You know, we've seen expulsions of of diplomats from from mm. Russia of, of American diplomats as recently as last month. Uh, you have the example of the fall of of Kabul in Afghanistan and and how closely immigration and, and refugee status can intersect with these geopolitical conversations and uh, sagas, you know, do you see this, which is, you know, a fairly innocuous example, it is a tennis player who, who may or may not be deported, uh, you know, lives aren't really on the line. Yep. Um, but do you see this as illustrative of how immigration is so interconnected with global affairs and international relations? I don't think so. I, I think this is a, a very specific example of, of as I think at the top of the, the conversation, you use the words a perfect storm. And, and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a huge domino effect. And, you know, 
I think if we if we look at this this case, this matter in isolation, that's all it is. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances, not helped by errors and verbalizations on on parties from from various parties. So I think you know, to, to look at it in a wider in a wider perspective would would probably be not doing this 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 justice really. It's as you say, it's it's, it's a single episode of unfortunate events. Absolutely. And I, I think that we all hope that this blows over and does not become any more of a uh, diplomatic row between cross continents as, as well. I, I, would re- I would really hope not over, over something that, that could have been resolved so, so simply. Absolutely. So just to, to wrap up, let's imagine someone is, is planning to, to travel to Australia in the, in the coming weeks or months. Mm. You know, what, what should they keep in mind in light of this story? Are there lessons to be taken from here? Or what exactly should they prepare ahead of time before trying to, to travel? Oh, look, although I said that this is a you know a very isolated instance, it does give us a lot of learnings um, as, as to what should be done before you come to Australia. And and really, the, the list is quite long, so I'm not going to go into every single what you need to do as a tick box. But <clears throat> I would certainly say research, research, and research again as to exactly what you need to do. The difficulty that we have in Australia is not only do we have a federal um, immigration law, the, the, the various states and territories also act in different ways. You know, for example, even if you fly to, to Sydney um, in New South Wales and you, 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 know, you don't need to do, for example, quarantine in Sydney because there's no, no quarantine requirements anymore, you can't fly to Western Australia because Western Australia aren't you know, allowing anybody in from, from New South Wales. So don't just think about Australia as, as an international border. We also have our internal borders as well, and various passes and, um, and permissions are required to travel interstate in, in some circumstances. Even if you are vaccinated, I would say make sure that your, your vaccines are ones that Australia recognise. We recognise most of the, the common vaccinations, but still it's always important just to double check that you are what you are what Australia deems to be fully vaccinated. Just because you think you are doesn't necessarily mean we would think you are. Um, and, and I suppose the, the other thing that, that I, I would, would strongly suggest is get everything in writing from the Department of Home Affairs. You know, it, it's, it's unclear at this point as to, you know, this 8.30 a.m. as opposed to 7.40 a.m. It's unclear whether that was verbalised, whether it was in writing. I would imagine it was in writing. Um, but again, don't just be run over by the person that you're speaking to as a government representative, you do have the right to, to question what they're saying, because as we can see from this example, you know, procedural fairness wasn't granted. And that's the whole reason why that cancellation was overturned. So, you know, if, if they do give you to late 30 and they come in 740 and say, we're going to overturn your visa, we're going to cancel your visa, say, well, you know, you said I can until late 30. The, the chances of that happening are very, very slim again, but you know, it's just something that you need to be aware of. Know, know your rights. Absolutely. Know your rights and get in writing great legal advice in most scenarios. And the most important thing is seek legal advice. You know, if you do feel that you, you're struggling or if you're, you're not quite sure exactly what you need to do or when you need to do it, seek legal advice. You know, organizations like ours, we're you know, perfectly equipped to help uh, individuals overcome all of those obstacles. So, you know, if anyone else is, is thinking of coming to Australia and they're not quite sure exactly what to do, then certainly they could reach out to us. You know, it's great to, to have your perspective on this issue, which, again, is evolving. We'll learn more uh, in the coming hours and days. And uh, I think I can speak for, for both of us in that we hope this is swiftly resolved, painlessly as possible for, for well, everyone. It, it, 
The actually is quite ironic. The, um, the the draw for the Australian Open is being conducted today. Um, whether or not Novak's name is on that draw, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But we'll know more by the end of the day. Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for for joining us, and we really appreciate your expertise and insight into this matter. No problem at all. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Follow Immigration Nerds on Twitter at immnerds and Erickson Immigration Group on LinkedIn to join in the conversation. I'm Ian Gaines. See you next week.